Everyone likes to make the Nina Simone comparison with Erica Badu, and while it's certain that Erica Badu is not who she is without the early influence of Nina Simone, Erica Badu is her own musical sorceress. There is literally no one else like her, and that's one of my favorite things. Even if you don't love a musician or an author or a person, like being able to say there's nobody else like them is, to me, one of the highest compliments you can pay them, and I absolutely feel that way about Erica Badu. I think it depends on how you say it to them. Like if you actually say, there's nobody else like you. Like, that's not a good thing. <laughs> Just, but if you're like, you know what? There's nobody else like you. There that's is totally different well, context. I, yeah. I, 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 yes and no, but there is nobody else like Erica Badu, and I'm glad we got to hear a little of her music before we kick off the 21st episode of The Brian Oak Show. Hello, my name is Brian Oak. Right over there, Sean Bernard. How are you, Sean? I'm doing great. There's nobody else like you, Brian. <sighs> and I'm not sure which way you said that, you <laughs> jerk. We're recording this in the Smart Start MN studio. Smart Start MN, the founding and primary sponsor of the Brian Oak Show. What do they do? They provide ignition interlock service. What does that mean? Well, let's say that you have a DUI. First of all, don't have one. But if you do have one, this is the company that started the ignition interlock system. If you have a DUI, from what I've read in the magazines and books, you can be without your vehicle for a long time. They can get you back into your vehicle almost immediately for less than you would expect. And that's an important thing. You still have to go get groceries. You still have to get your kids to high lie practice. Oh, my kids did a lot of highlight. <laughs> you think you think lacrosse is exotic. What about highlight? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there's a couple lawyers who have put together this program. They were the first ones here. They're local guys. They're believers. And they're really, really good at what they do. And if you go through their website and go to Brian Oak Show, they're offering a discount, yeah? They are 20% off the uh, installation of the ignition interlock. And so uh, just to mention, too, they're not going to, like, shame you or make you feel bad or any of that stuff. They just go take care of it, yeah. get you back behind your wheel so that you can, you know, take your kids to jiu-jitsu. Ju, what's it called? Jiu-jitsu? I'm not sure that you are familiar with the wide panoply of martial arts that are available. Not and so I'm much. Not, I'm not so sure. Do I look you, like I would be? Just go with fencing <laughs> next time. Go with fencing. Fencing. Take your kids to fencing. Man, if I had, if my one knee wasn't so bad, I'd love fencing lessons. Anyway, smartstartmn.com. They're good people. And also, we want to thank the good people at AudioQuip. You know, we are lucky enough to not only have our own dedicated studio, but we're lucky enough to have actual professional level broadcasting equipment. Thanks almost entirely through the largesse of the good people at audioquip.com. That is A-U-D-I-O dot, or no, A-U-D-I-O-Q-U-I-P as in audio equipment, but audioquip.com. Nate and the whole crew there are also true believers and some of the nicest people I've ever met. And they're going to try to swing down to our Patreon event uh, next Thursday. I'm sorry, we have a Patreon event next Thursday? We do indeed, next Thursday at The Hook, Hook and Ladder. And who's going to be there? Our good friend Ben Lubick, he's got a couple single albums out, and then uh, he was in uh, the band Farewell Milwaukee. He'll be performing. He's going to bring a couple of fellas there. I don't know if they're from Farewell Milwaukee or if he's getting them off the street, but anyway, it's going to be nice to have him and some rare you know, odd dudes that we don't know yet. Well, and our plan long term is for everybody who goes to Patreon.com and supports The Brian Oak Show. At the VIP level, you are going to be joining us for these events, which hopefully we'll have at least once a month, and when possible, maybe a little more than that. But for this opener, we want to make sure that we kick it off with a bang so everyone who's ever donated on Patreon at any level is invited to this event. To the very first one, yeah, we're just going to open it up and, and get people there, and and uh, it'd be a great way to be able to just thank everybody for uh, their support of the show. Well, coming on early on before it's anything, like I went back and listened to some of the early shows, and they weren't terrible. 
But um, <laughs> they were they were confused. It was like it was, it was like your first jujitsu lesson. That's exactly what it's. Yeah, like. exactly. Yeah. As opposed to now that I've got sort of like a I don't know like a yellow belt, like a second yellow belt, maybe. Yeah, I don't think you want to brag about the yellow belt. I think you got to get you got to get up at least to the baby steps, the brown. man. Baby steps. No, not the brown. What's the third one? I don't have Anybody any know? idea. Yes, no. no. Orange. It's orange. Okay. All right. <laughs> See. So the other thing we're doing is everybody who's ever been a guest on this show leading up to this first event will also be invited, which means we're about to meet Megan and Michael from Kiss the Tiger, an amazing local band, and that means they'll automatically have an invite. They're not obligated to come, but if they would like to join us a week from Thursday, they are more than welcome, and we'll talk more about them soon. I just had two quick music stories that I wanted to cover because we live in a weird, weird world, right? Daryl Hall and John Oates just today announced a brand new giant tour that will be bringing them into the Twin Cities. They're going to be performing at the XL coming up on July 16th. Now, you can go ahead and poo-poo the musical legacy of Daryl Hall and John Oates, but do so at your own peril. They are master crafts. Again, I don't, I don't, I don't use the, the metric of having a lot of hits as being good at what you do, but if you go back and listen to the orchestration, you go back and listen to the quality of the songwriting, the level of collaboration, and they had records that don't have a recognizable song on them that are still very enjoyable to listen to. They're good at what they do, but the good thing is John Oates, you know, sometimes when you see legacy acts like this that have been at it for so long, John Oates is like, I feel a certain obligation to play the songs that put us where we are today, as opposed to, say, your Van Morrison's or several yes. other artists who decide, I'm just going to play whatever the fuck I feel like, because screw these people. Are you with me on this one? I need your full endorsement on this. Okay. It's a band that's been around forever. Three old, one new. If you're a newer band, whatever. Do whatever you want. But okay. an old band, if I go see your concert... Three old, one new. Are you with I, me? Oh, that's, well, and again, I don't know where that ratio lies. I think for no, every artist, it. it's different. Oh, that's it? Okay. All right. That's right. Okay. Well, okay. You're not getting my ringing endorsement, <laughs> All right. but I'm leaning towards your direction. Oh, like, so annoying I'm not play, against yeah. somebody playing their new music, but if I spend $300 on a ticket to go see you at a massive arena, better play a couple of damn hits. Yeah. That's fair. I, I, there, there's a reason I came to see you, and yeah, it's not it's because memories. of your latest record. Yeah. It's not. Because of your late, even if it's a fine, fine record, I'm just especially if you're a band that's been around for forty or fifty years. By the way, Squeeze and Katie Tunstall are opening up for that show, which is a weird mix, but also I love both of those. That I think that's going to be an amazing e- evening of music, July sixteenth at the XL, and tickets are on sale this coming Friday. One other story I wanted to mention too. Speaking of big upcoming shows that really has me confounded, are how deep do you go on German industrial music, Sean? You know. There was a client we both worked over at uh, whatever that group was over there. Um, uh, do you remember Randall Graylish at all? He owned uh, Visual Addiction Tattoos. I don't, but what a killer name, Randall Graylish. Oh, my God. He was a tattoo artist. Incredible. Like he's from a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Totally, totally a half-elf. No, but he was the guy that I didn't give that kind of music a whole lot of, you know, credence at one point. Mm-hmm. But he was the guy that turned me on to it. So I'm not saying I could recite all the lyrics, but... I gave that music a chance, and there's some phenomenal uh, bands that fall into, into that. I couldn't so. agree more. So some of it's industrial, some of it's metal, most of it sort of splits the difference, but perhaps the great godfathers of German metal industrial music are a band that I always referred to as Rammstein, but then I went online today, I'm like, I want to get this right. And so you, there's a lot of places you can go online to get pronouncers. All five I went to pronounced it differently. So I think now it's just... Without rolling the R, Rammstein, 
but I don't really know. What I do know is that they are German metal industrial veterans who have been playing music for almost 20 years, and when they come, all the things are lit on fire, all the things explode, everybody loses their mind, and everyone's having a good time. They haven't played here in eight years. Last time they came here was the 2012, and they played at the Target Center. And then I saw the announcement this morning that they are going to be performing at U.S. Bank Stadium coming up on Sunday, August 30th. Now that, I've seen The Cure in there. I've seen Metallica in there. I guess I'm underestimating the impact of Rammstein because U.S. Bank Stadium's a massive, massive, massive... Even when you're lighting your own arms on fire or exploding all the props on stage with genuine pyrotechnics, is that, a, is, is that, is that too big a room for Rammstein? Well, I just feel bad for the people up on the third deck because... You're not even going to be able to smell the burning flesh up there. Well, at least at least you'll be able to see things. Uh, they did a little pre-campaign where they put their blimp floating over all the cities they were going to play at, and they are going to be here before the end of summer, August 30th. Rammstein performing at U.S. Bank Stadium, and all the details you need to know can be found online.
the weirdest thing happened yesterday. I was watching TV, flipping around. I was bored. I mean, I had lots of stuff I should have been getting done around the house. Christmas tree is still freaking up. It is, all its adornments have been removed, but it's still standing there in its stand, and I just need to bring it out to the backyard. Uh, But I didn't feel motivated to do that, and I came across the very earliest moments of a small Russian-American independent production called Hardcore Henry. And if you've never played an FPS... You down with FPS, Sean? I don't even know what that is. First person video shooter. Game thing? Okay, it is a video yeah. game thing. So the whole time, you don't ever get to see Hardcore Henry. You see his hands. You see whatever weapons he's holding. You see his 
the bloody carnage of what he's just wrought on his hands. Sometimes you'll see his feet. But he's jumping down the sides of buildings. See, the premise is, and no spoilers, but the premise is, it came out in 2015. He is part cyborg, part man, and he is trying to figure out who he is. He wakes up an amnesiac, and he's mute, and he can't talk, and he's led by all these different people. And, of course, it's it's almost exact. I can't believe a video game hasn't been made of it, but basically it's based on every FPS weirdo sci-fi dystopian video game that's ever been made. But it was really good. And they incorporated music in some really incredible ways with all these action sequences. But then there was this scene of heartbreak where he realized just how badly he'd been betrayed. And that song that we just heard came on. And I knew it rung a bell. I was like, what? What is that? So I did the little rewind because we live in the future. Conveyor belts, bubble cars, rewindable television. And I did the Shazam. And it turns out it's Minnesota's own, Minneapolis's own, Peter Wolf Cryer, Peter Pisano, and Brian Moen, a song called Hard as Nails. And I just, my mouth dropped open because I'm like, I know that licensing deals happen. And I know people find some weird stuff, like the Stranger Things guy. Uh, guys found an old 80s Minnesota band called Swing Set. Yeah. Um, th- these things happen, but my mouth was hanging open, and I listened to that song about 10 times yesterday, and it blew my mind. Uh, so it is a corny, small production, uh, this Russian movie I saw, Hardcore Henry, but I enjoyed it very thoroughly, and only more so because I got a chance to have that Peter Wolf Cryer thing happen. It's the Brian Oak Show. We should meet tonight's guest. There is a band that over the last few years... I know that it is weird to get accolades and to be celebrated, and it is both wonderful because what you've been doing this for, but it can also be uncomfortable. But also I think sometimes when people say like, oh, this band got recognized in City Pages, or this band's being talked about over here, that everything is wine and roses, and it's all been taken care of, and everything's fine. And if anything, that's when the real hard work has to start. I'm talking about the band Kiss the Tiger, and we are joined by Michael and Megan from Kiss the Tiger. Hello to both of you. Hi. Greetings. All right. You're going to have to be way closer on that microphone, Michael. Okay, very good. Otherwise, (laughs) no one's going to hear a word you have to say. I don't even know where to start because, I mean, I could read all the accolades that have been written about you in local press and city pages. People know that you are a dynamic force live. People know that this is a good band. There's a reason that people talk about Kiss the Tiger. I want each of you to tell me what Kiss the Tiger is. Ooh. (laughs) And there's no, um, there's no test. There's no challenge. No. What, what, what does it mean to you to be in Kiss the Tiger? What should people know if they're like, I heard Kiss the Tiger's pretty damn good. I'm going to go see that band. Why? Um, for me, it's become sort of this unsuspecting passion project when, you know, Michael and I met and that's how this whole thing started. And I never imagined it would have become what it has just because this is my only... Um, experience being in a band <laughs> this is the first band you've ever been in yeah all right i'm sorry to interrupt you there because i do have to share one thing only because i'm not calling you out but it, it is even then more remarkable uh, last year city pages best of 2019 uh you megan Kreidler, by the way not creedler correct so i should be pronouncing it rom stein not rom steen <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> okay, I'm following your lead on this one. You were named Best Stage Style in City Pages 2019 Best of Issue, and I'm going to read what they had to say here very quickly. Again, this is from City Pages. Kiss the Tiger's latest album, Let Me Bleed, which came out last year, captures the band's sound, swaggering, and raw. All that's missing? Singer Megan Kreidler's stylish stage presence, which captures that mix of premeditation and recklessness, recklessness that's the essence of rock and roll. And then they go on to compare you to other people, but I don't think that's fair. But anybody who's seen your band live, which I have, it's it's a I think it's a crucial part of it. A lot of bands, even if you rank great songs, 
sometimes the live is lacking. And then there are other bands where, even though the songs are great, live adds sort of a spark to it. How is it possible this is your first band? Um, Being a front person, being a front force is not a simple thing. Have you always been very confident? Have you, or are you, are you so introverted that you're like, I'm just going to let my entire id out on the stage right now? (laughs) I'm definitely, I would uh, define myself as an extrovert, but um, my background's in performing. I act professionally in town, so that's actually how I make my living. I'm a professional actor and I think that was part of the, and I grew up with, I played piano growing up and did choir and it, I love music. I love singing. Um, but to be honest, the whole front person thing didn't come as easily to me as I thought it would when we started playing. Um, I'm used to being in front of an audience and I'm comfortable with doing that, but I really had to carve out who I was on stage as a front person and what that persona was and what it really came down to was, okay, I really need to embrace myself and not be afraid to let go. Um, Cause there's Which, a lot of fear surrounding, I, I don't know what you're, you're constantly thinking about what people think about you, but I, I've, tried to let that go more and more as, as an actor I, I think that that's something you have to do but also like that i understand that feeling like when you're out there it's kind of a tightrope like this is either going to be brilliant or it it could all end in tears but so far <laughs> that hasn't been the case michael you michael anderson by the way guitar player from the band when did you first touch a guitar when did you first realize that music was probably going to be your thing well i grew up around my dad who played music in our basement he uh, he was a musician around Minneapolis here when before I was born, and then w- once I came into the world, his music world kind of ended. <laughs> was he in Otto's Chemical Lounge? Come on, what band is he in? <laughs> he was in this band called The Dogs. Okay, and they just played you know Seventh Street Entry and stuff like that. Oh, just, just played Seventh no Street Entry. Well, <laughs> okay, that's good because you're right. Not very many cool bands have played in Seventh Street Entry. <laughs> yeah. So I mean he. And so we grew up around synthesizers and then guitars. So I was pretty young listening to him play to us and just having a guitar around, too. So, I mean, as early as one week, I had a guitar in my hands. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Baby's first guitar. I think that was like a exactly. Fisher-Price thing, although it was younger than I would have guessed. But, yeah, no, I mean, I've played most of my life. Well, that's good. I mean, and that's, you know, then you get to do a thing. But even, you know, depending on where you want to put the bar, not every band, even if they've worked hard at it, even if they put their heart and soul into it, even if they have real talent, gets the accolades that Kiss the Tiger has gotten. So I think, you know, that stuff is always good to, like, keep in perspective. But it's also wonderful to have that people pay attention, that people care. Um, Tell me about last year's record, what led up to it, and what the record... Again, without going too deep, I'm not really looking for psychological analysis. Uh, yeah. But, but I mean, tell me about last year's record. Well, um, I, I think that was a big milestone for us just because we had recorded another full-length album in our friend's basement studio, and, and that was my first time recording. And then we recorded an EP at the um, Terrarium, and we realized we really liked that experience just because that studio is so amazing. It's an incredible studio. It's, That's awesome. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um and and so for me anyway, the that Let Me Bleed album was really just starting to become more comfortable with the recording process and trusting 
um, our instincts about things. And we started to believe in ourselves a little bit. <laughs> well, you have you know, to be in yeah. a rock band, right? I mean, like, so it doesn't have to be all swagger and idiocy and getting wasted backstage. But there's no way, as an actor, as a musician, that that you you get up on stage and deliver something that makes people feel differently, that changes who they are for those few minutes, which is what you're supposed to be doing up there without some confidence in what you're delivering. So you started to feel it with this last record. Yeah. Let me believe. Yeah, yeah, especially you know, I've always felt really confident about the live stuff that we do but it's a different approach when you're recording something and you can't necessarily do what you do live and have it translate um so i think it was just about us really honing in on you know how we wanted things to sound and yeah i mean this band i mean performing wise has always been you have to be honest on stage and you have to be an honest performer if you're not being honest you're not you're not up there doing the right thing right so so really what it was translating into that album is we have to, you know, we, we've always like tried to find a sound of who we are to find ourselves and we quit doing that. And we're just like, we're just, let's just do this. And we started doing that on that last album last year and it just started to come together a little bit better. So the band is called kiss the tiger. I have so many questions, both important and inane for you still to come. Uh, <laughs> but first I think since we're talking about that record, I would like to hear a song off that record. And one of the things I hate doing is asking a band. So what's that name mean? Kiss the tiger or tell me about this song. That being said, my two questions before we hear this song, what the hell does kiss the tiger mean? <laughs> um, so, should I give the real? I mean, oh, yeah. when I when I met Megan, she was in a production at the Children's Theater, and she was Tiger Lily in Peter Pan. Peter yeah, Pan. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, we were like, well, Tiger's a cool. That's a, an easy image to to market sure with. Is. But then also, but then Kiss the Tiger was really like, okay, do something that's gonna scare the shit out of you. Like yes. really try to face fear right right up close and and do the thing that everyone tells you not to do, you know? So it's, and I think that's such a thread of our philosophy of our band is to really just like really try to overcome fear because it, it gets in our way. It gets in everyone's way. It's and the mind killer from what I understand. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so I'm so glad I asked that question because normally I stay away from it, but that's a great one. Uh, and so give me your elevator speech. You got 30 seconds to tell me about this song bully before we hear it. Oh, uh, we were just sitting down one day, her and I, we do mo I mean, we do all the writing her and I do. And, uh, I mean, we are just sitting there and sometimes words just come out and this is just like, I mean, her and I are both bullies <laughs> <laughs> in all honesty, growing up and stuff. Well, and I was bullied. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everybody you know, is bullied. Everyone's a bully bullied, at some point. but you're also bullies. Like, are you, are you, no. are you both mean girls? Is that this what was, I understand? No, no, right no. Now? But this song was just sort of like a vomit of, yeah. okay, let's just. I don't know. Let's let's not be nice. I only say that because <laughs> these lyrics came out so easily. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost too easy. <laughs>
The song is called Bully. Yeah, Kiss the Tiger. Don't mind if I do. It's the Brian Oak Show, and we've got Megan Kreidler and Michael Anderson here with us joining us right now from that band. That song right there off the last record, and again, I don't want to pull the curtain back too far, and you tell me if I'm talking out of school, because since we're pre-recording, we can edit all of it. (laughs) That was a one-take bit, like you just wanted sort of that rage and ethos going on in that song? Yeah. We also didn't have a lot of time left on our Honesty. Let's get this done with. You know, yeah. you, you talked about how moving forward that you wanted to not have limitations on what you do. I had a friend corner me over the weekend and be like, but what, what, what's your podcast supposed to be about? What is the whole Brian Oak show? I'm like, I don't really care. We can talk about anything. I, I'm happy to talk about archaeology. I'm talking happy to talk about music. I want good stories. And that right there is an excellent story. Is it true that that song almost didn't even make the last record yeah yeah i think we just kind of last minute we're like well let's try to just record this and if we can get it then we'll see what we want to do with it i love that very 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 much you have shows coming up you have a brand new record on the way and we get the tiniest taste of it coming up in just a bit before we do i want to knock out a couple more sponsors so we can get that out of the way and get back to just having a conversation and listening to music sean bernard he does this show with me every single week trust me Every damn week. In addition to being a producer extraordinaire and the salesperson for The Brian Oak Show, he's also a realtor at 50th and France office of Edina Realty. Is this, are we starting to get back into the swing of things? Is it starting to be the hot season? We are, and I was just talking to somebody yesterday, and they just said, you know, the Super Bowl, well, as soon as that's over, people kind of go pants on fire with, uh, it's time to go. I got to go. I got to go. 
we got to get out of here. Like, they're ready to move for some reason. I don't know why that is, but... Because they stained the family room too much during the Super Bowl? What, why is the Super Bowl? blood in the family room. Wow. Yeah. You were a dark individual, man. I, I thought I, I was dark, and I my dark is all, <laughs> apparently all pretend, because you get real, real serious. And so, in addition... I'm kidding, Brian. Mostly. <laughs> uh, in addition to selling and buying homes and doing that for your primary vocation, you also sit on the board of a very cool local nonprofit called The Warming House. I do. My friends... Uh, Greg and Brianna and John all own the warming house. It's in the basement of the Farmstead Bike Shop on 40th and Bryant. And uh, not only do they support local, regional, and national musicians uh, there, but uh, you know that are already making it more or less. But they actually help incubate musicians in that location, from little ones to big ones, and people that just want to write songs and and get more into it. So it's it's a small room. It's about fifty fifty person. Uh, uh, room and at fifty, you're on top of each other. By the way, you I mean, are. It, it, you t- are. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Music at that level, music at that level of intimacy and that level of closeness, whether it's loud or whether it's quiet, it it takes on a different quality. Yeah. So everybody who buys or sells with me, not only do I make a donation to the warming house to help support that local nonprofit, but I also give everybody a one uh, membership for two for the entire year, so they can go see a show every every month and get them into their dream home. You know it. I do know it. How do they get a hold of you? 612-859-2594. You can text me or you can go to uh, Sean Bernard at edinarealty.com and find me through the, the interlink. Fantastic news. Hey, one quick mention before we get back to talking to Kiss the Tiger. Uh, we do have our, in just over a week, we're recording this on the 21st, which is the Tuesday in January. Uh, just over a week away, January 30th, we have our first ever Patreon event, which is Ben Lubeck of his own solo success. Uh, also, Farewell Milwaukee is how he first you know cut his teeth. Um, an amazing singer-songwriter, one of the smiliest, kindest individuals I've ever met in my whole life. He's going to be the entertainer. Every single person who has supported us on Patreon up until this point is going to be invited. So it's patreon.com slash Brian Oak Show if you would like to get on board. In the future, it will just be VIPs. But for this first event, we want everyone to be there at the Hook and Ladder, specifically in their mission room, which is their new open side room over there. Uh, But also, everybody who's ever been a guest on this show or contributed artwork to our studio, work on our website, anything like that is also going to be invited plus one. So let's go ahead and fill that room up. But if people still would like to get in on the action for this first ever event that we have coming up on the 30th, it's not too late to join us at Patreon. And there's going to be a hug line for Brian. So Don't don't ever say that again. (laughs) You know, I know you think you're being funny. And again, I... Uh, as a grown-up, think as a God. I'm way past a grown-up. I'm almost oh, really old. It's almost man. over. You're in the Shut you're in the back forty at this point. Oh, for sure I am. Uh, but that being said, I've been really, really working hard to be better about touching. I just I don't understand why strangers want to touch all the time. Like I like you. Why do we have to put our arms around each other? Now people have to ask permission, and that's really awkward. Oh, oh consent is awkward. Well, no, but I mean, it's yeah. It's, I've it's heard what you said, Brian. We all heard. We all heard. How many you times said. do I ask you every day for a hug? <sighs> <laughs> Let's We're go back to our guests. To Megan Kreidler and Michael Anderson of Kiss the Tiger, Minnesota band. Are you guys based in Minneapolis or where's home? Minneapolis. Yeah, Minneapolis. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to say Minneapolis band. I don't want to put too fine a point on it because I don't want people in St. Paul to be like, oh, another one of those, another <laughs> one of those Minneapolis bands. Um, how often? Do you gig as often as you want to? Do you gig as often as you'd like? Is there a science? Because I love talking to bands because there's some stuff I understand perfectly about being in a band. Other things I don't. A band at your level of success, 
Is there an art and science and algorithm to how often you want to gig, would like to gig, are able to gig? I I mean, for me, I would like to play every night. Right. But that obviously doesn't work in the local level. But, um, but we yeah, we try to be mindful because we we probably could play every week. Yeah. But we don't want to um, overdo it. You know, you want to get people to come out. And if you're playing a lot, then I but, you know, I go back and forth with it, too, because you think that people know who you are and there's still so many people who've never seen us play. And sometimes I wonder if we were just going all the time, like, would that increase the fan base? But for us, we just think it's a little more uh, tactful to to fewer sh- fewer shows, but ones that we really work towards promoting and, and making th- really great. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to it. It's yeah. just fascinating to me because I think that you're right. You do have to do the dance. I just don't know where that line is. Where Where's the thing? Like, are people tired of us? Or have people not seen us in long enough and now they're forgetting about us? Yeah. Or do we head out to Menominee and play Cowboy Jacks in hopes that <laughs> a handful of people out there will like us and come see us again the next time? Or whatever the case. I mean, you know, I'm just throwing ideas out mm. there. But I just, it's, to me, that, that math is fascinating because I'm like, there are bands that I would go see at least once a week. Yeah. Were I 30 years younger. There are other <laughs> bands where I'm like, damn, they seem to play a lot. Whew. And which is, if you can do it, you can sustain that. It's great. So to me, the math of that is very interesting. So I was just taking a look because it turns out you have some upcoming shows. In fact, this very weekend out in front of us on Sunday, January 6th, or 26th rather, you are at Ice House. Yeah. Do you like playing Ice House? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I find it's a very artist-friendly venue, but I also find that it is a very fan-friendly venue in that there are only a handful of places in this city when people say there's not a bad seat in the house, which is a yeah. shitty cliche, but it's true at Ice House. Whether you're upstairs or downstairs, there's not a bad seat in that house. Yeah, yeah. and it's an attractive... I mean, you know, it's a it's a cool place. People feel sexy when they go there, so I think you're already kind of setting yourself up for success by playing there because people just want to be in that space but um i've been in that space eight times at least and i've never once felt sexy in there can you please explain that megan can you please explain you've that you've never felt sexy well do you feel i, I feel mean, that other... the food is good and i feel that i'm around sexy people i just need i need some some instruction you john to you're find gonna help the right, right lighting there. you have the right lighting no yeah. comment maybe yeah. a possible the right jacket Right. Not really a big jacket guy, to be honest. <laughs> After the show coming up this weekend at Ice House, you are playing New Year's Eve at Mortimer's. What's a New Year's Eve show like? New Year's Eve. Oh, that already happened. Back in time. Oh, How are yeah. you doing this, Brian? January th- I know why you think that, though. <laughs> February, January. Fe- February New Year's Eve, am I right? Oh, my God, January 31st. It's okay. That's that's an honest... <laughs> February's Eve. I mean, it depends who's New Year's Eve. I think we should a- call it New Year's Eve. Like, if you don't. if you didn't get to party no, on New don't, Year's don't, Eve, don't, don't. this I'm, is the show to come out. Oh, my don't God, do drugs, I had it in my head. Stay in school. <laughs> oh, well, it, first of all, it's the other way around. Stay in school, kids. Don't do drugs. But those, those years are far behind me. For whatever reason, I've been looking at this all day and even though it's after january 26th i'm like new year's eve show mortimer's that sounds awesome so i love that let me modify my question what's january 31st like at mortimer's what's it gonna it's gonna be rocket so you know january 26th january 31st they're pretty close together but they're very different shows the one at ice house on sunday is um in support of the acting program seniors that i actually the program that i went through um in college so will you please 
I, I hate to just derail. Will you talk a little bit more about what that program is? Yeah, so it's um, through the University of Minnesota, but it's a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Acting program, and it's a joint program with the Guthrie Theater and the University of Minnesota. So um, the program started to shift a little bit in the past few years with new leadership, and they're trying to get um, for the seniors in the company to do a showcase in Chicago and New York. So it's we're supporting those kids as they fundraise to to go out and and do a showcase. Before we talk about the that show a little more and the next show coming up at the Turf Club, when it comes to acting, you said you have a background in acting, which obviously helps you when you get up on stage to front the band. What kind of acting do you like best? Do you like dramatic acting? Do you like comedic acting? Do you like what what is it you like to do best when you are on stage as an actor? Yeah, um I mean I do everything um but what do you like best yeah i feel like i get cast in more um serious roles or like i've done a lot of comedy but i tend to play the straight character that's sort of like the foundation for all the craziness that's happening around me um but i don't know i love i love doing everything i'm in a musical right now at the ritz um called bernarda alba and it's very oh that theater is unbelievable who's the director um, her name's Crystal Manich, and she was, just for a couple of years, the artistic director of Mill City Opera, but now she's based in Puerto Rico, and she just directs all over. Get back, cool get back to me when you're doing Brigadoon. Um, <laughs> I actually I actually love a musical theater. I'm not as conversant in the modern era of musical theater. I go back to most of the classics, but I actually adore musical theater. Oh, I'm sorry, Sean. What was that? Yeah, I did once play Merlin in Camelot. So, oh, wow. um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a minute ago. It was a minute ago, but I'm, I'm so glad you asked. Thank you so much. Wow. Oh, yes, and I was once in a select choral ensemble called Vision. Thank you, Sean, very much oh, for Vision. that. I appreciate that. <laughs> I get it. Cumberbuns. Nice. Hand were movements. Were they like aqua colored Cumberbuns? No, they were a sparkly fuchsia. Worse still. <laughs> nice. It doesn't, no, not really. It doesn't get worse than that. So we're looking at this coming weekend at Ice House, January 26th, January 31st, <laughs> or as I call it, New Year's Eve <laughs> at Mortimer's, yes. and then coming up on Valentine's Day, a yeah. very special love edition of Kiss the Tiger. <gasps> yeah. Kiss the Tiger at the 331. Is that right, Michael? That's correct. Does it feel like, <laughs> does it feel like romance is in the air? It will that night. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're talking to Megan and Michael of Kiss the Tiger. So you have been, before we get a little taste of what's to come, in the studio working on a new record now, and maybe it's already done. I honestly don't know. So I don't ask you, I don't ever ask anybody to give away the whole score or to show their hand. What have you been working on and where are we at and when might we see something new? Oh, we recorded all this material last year, actually. So... We kind of did two albums in one year. We just didn't release it okay. in time. But um, this is all stuff. I mean, it's kind of just came together really quick, all these songs did. And we well, were. Let me ask oh, you a question yeah. just about songwriting, because to me, this is always fascinating. I've talked to so many, so many artists and bands over the years. Sometimes a song falls out of the sky and into your lap. And it coalesces in front of your eyes, and it's a miracle. It's hard to imagine, almost. There are other times where there are certain songs that you know there's something at the heart of them, but you have to Frankenstein them together over the course of sometimes years. These songs, so do you like it when songs come together easy? Do you sometimes distrust it because you're like, that was too easy. There's no way this song is that good. <laughs> um, 
to be honest. Or do you prefer it because then you don't have to spend all those time that time Frankensteining it? I mean, I, I guess I trust everything that I that comes out, and I let the band work with it because I believe anything that we, that we've come up with recently has just been really good. And yeah, and and it is sort of a grab bag of some things that yeah, like were written in one sitting or. Like we have, uh, a, we have a hard time writing bad music, in our in our opinion. <laughs> Which is fine. Yeah, no, no, but that, that's the whole thing. Is like it's sometimes when you feel like no, there's something here, but that that's not it. They're, they're, and then there are people who you know, some people who are studio rats and will never stop tweaking their stuff, right, or producing, or other people who are like, no, I know there's a better line right here, and and they'll sit on it for a very long time. But if you feel like you're in the in the sweet spot right now, or like where the game slows down and comes to you, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. There there are things on this album that we like w- when we were practicing in, over the past year, like we would have a chorus line or like some riff or something. And we were like, OK, this is this is something and we're just going to keep playing this instrumental thing and hopefully it'll turn into a song. And then when we decided to sit down and just say we're going to go and, and record in September, we just sort of were like, OK, let's let's just do it. Let's just make these into something and. I don't know, we always had belief in those, you know, like Miss You, that was a thing that we kind of tinkered with for a long time before it actually yeah. became I mean, Yeah, a song. I guess some of these songs were three different things before they actually became what they are on the records. So mm-hmm. uh, we're only going to hear a small portion of Miss You, but it is a taste off the new record, which from our limited interactions on email and social media, I understand has neither a title nor a release date. Correct. Okay. Ho- hopefully, it will tonight. Yeah, actually, we're yeah we're in the process of hammering down all of that information, and the release is, I think, realistically and hopefully, early June. Yeah. If that happens, will you both please come back and we can talk about it right before it comes out, and yeah. we can maybe feature some more music off of it. For sure. Oh, totally. All right. So I know we don't want to give away the store, but I would love it if we could hear this because Sean and I both listened to this song a couple times before the two of you arrived here today to record this podcast the Brian Oak show. Um, and it's not, it's not atypical, but it's not typical. You generally bring a little, this, this is a, dare I say it? I know I, I, I don't ever want to damn anyone with faint praise. This is a pretty song. It's an emotional song. It's not what I equate with kiss the again. And so I'm not mad about it. I, I'd like to see people grow and explore, but as soon as Sean and I both said, you know, it doesn't sound like their typical stuff after we were doing something else in the room, Sean, and deny this, if you will, you and I were both singing the melody of the song. And that's when I asked you for the hug. <laughs> <laughs> Sean has a way of ruining everything. This song, <laughs> this song is called I Miss You or Miss You? Miss You. Miss you. And oh, this- really? Oh, wait, no, I miss I you. I miss you. Oh. Well, we've, you know, we've like riffed so much on Rolling Stone stuff that I think we should. <laughs> I don't know. Dun, I'm, I dun, miss dun, you. Dun, dun, dun. Um, in any event, we don't know the name of the album. We don't know the exact release date. We don't really even know, apparently, the actual name of this song. But here, <laughs> here is your first taste of brand new Kiss the Tiger on The Brian Oak Show.
that's brand new from Kiss the Tiger. And again, I'm not, I know you guys have done mellower stuff in the past, but there's a very, to me, a different vibe there. And I like the fact that, but that's where it's going. I kind of dig it. Yeah. Yeah. The I mean, the album has, it is such a grab bag of things, but I do feel like there's some more sentimental material on it. And it's the stuff, I, I really like it. I mean... I don't know. I, I just love all of the songs on this new album. <laughs> Michael, I'm going to ask you a question, and if you don't get further up on that microphone, then we might just cut you out of the entire show. <laughs> Eat it. Do Eat it. the mic, oh, Mike. Yeah, you got it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, are you a studio rat? Do you like spending time in the studio and exploring the sound and dialing it in, or is that tedious for you? I would do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You just said you'd play every night and you'd be in the studio every day. <laughs> like, don't you, there's nothing else? That's it, huh? No, I mean, I have to work, but yeah. once I leave work, I can go do music. Okay, so. very good. Very, very good. All right. Um, lovely to meet both of you. And thank you very much for coming by and sharing some brand new music. Now, the new record not coming out till June makes me wonder, why are you yanking our chain? Why are you making everybody wait so long? Well, we just want to do things right, you know, because... Um, we're pretty, we're really confident about these songs. There's some great songs on this album and we don't want, it's so easy nowadays for people to release music and for it to get looked over. Right. And we just want to, we just want to do it the right way and not rush ourselves. I think the last album we, we didn't rush it, but it, it came out a lot earlier than it maybe needed to. Um, and we're just trying to be a little bit more strategic and smart about how we do, because we put a lot of time and energy and money into into doing it so might well, that, as well do it right that's why i ask about live shows like that all that stuff like there is a rhythm to it and there is a way to do it and even if you do it right even if you are calculating and smart it doesn't mean diabolical doesn't mean mercenary but there's a way to do this and this is what you want to do right i mean so yeah. you have to put some thought into it so i guess we'll just wait till midsummer for more new music from kiss the time <laughs> i guess Sean. so i love it by that? the way i love it that n no two songs sound alike and that's so hard to do for artists that are an album or two in. I mean, that's something that I've heard a million artists, and there are some artists who make it really big, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is that same song, part two well, or part three. it and, almost feels, yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm like, is this not cohesive enough? Because it, I feel like a tr trends with a lot of artists are that the, the songs do, which is not a bad thing either, that people's albums come out and everything sounds not the same, but, you know, there's a through line sound-wise, but I, I don't know. I think it's... I've always liked albums like um like Damn and Torpedoes yep. where they sound all those songs sound so similar but they stand out on their own. Yeah. I cannot accomplish that. <laughs> I know that's it's a, it is it's a skill, a so hard. Not yet. Not it's yet. coming, yeah. right? It, I mean, everyone has to put the time in and you have to do work. But I also like records on the other side. Like, this may even sound cliche to people, but for me, one of the reasons that I will never not love Led Zeppelin, that I will always love them, is they have songs that sound radically different from yeah. one another, but you always know you're listening to Led Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And so, again... Some of those are 12-minute songs, but that being said, <laughs> um, so if people want to hear your past efforts, so I've got your website up right now, which is just kissthetiger.com. If people want to hear Let, it, Let Me Bleed from last year, also the self-titled record, this would also be the best place for them to go to stay in touch with whenever you decide to release your record, sometime during the... Um, I don't know, Klobuchar administration? Is that <laughs> too like hopeful? It. Was that too I hopeful? Like <laughs> <laughs>
But that would be the best place for people to go and stay on top of what you're up to. Absolutely. That's a great, yeah. great place. Yeah. Okay, well, and also your shows. Uh, this weekend, the 26th at the Ice House, January 31st. <laughs> New Year's Eve. Mortimer. Oh, my God. Part two. <laughs> I was so excited to talk about New Year's Eve. And then, of course, a very special Love Fest, February 14th at 331 Club. If you'd like to know more, please check out kissthetiger.com. Megan, Michael, thank you very much. Lovely to meet both of you. You thank too. You. Thank you. Yeah, really glad to have you here. And please come back sometime late spring prior to the release of the new record once you've got it dialed in or come up with a name or really anything would be fine. Um, <laughs> it's nice to have you by here. Thank you very much. Hey, before we get out of here and get to our final music story of the day, I want to remind you about Great River Radon Mitigation. What do they do? Well, they detect and mitigate radon. What is radon? It's a noble gas that comes from granite and other sources, but many, many, many Minnesota homes have it in their basement. And what's the big deal about having radon in your basement? Well, according to cancer.org, in an article that was dated just at the fall of last year, it's a leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers is exposure to radon gas. So you don't want to have it in your house. Now, if you talk to Laurie, which her number is 612-701-2216, she will come and de- de- detect whether or not there's radon in your basement. Yeah, they say uh, it's actually radon month, so all the PSAs are happening on TV right now. But uh, they say two in five uh, Minnesota homes are over the safe level right. uh, for radon. So go get it checked out. People, A lot of people don't do it unless they're buying or selling their house. For your own good, just get it checked out, and then you can rest easy and not have to worry about it precisely and then if you should find out that in fact you have radon in your home these are the people who know how to mitigate it they are local i've known these people for a long 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 time they're good at what they do and it's just it's worth checking out that whole preventative versus the cure thing um hundred bucks to find out whether or not there's radon in there compared to what homeowning costs is a relatively small cost and if they do have to mitigate some they'll come in and it takes them you know a few hours to actually do what they need to do it's not the end of the world to get it taken care of and get it out of your home. Exactly. So if you'd like to know more, again, did you tell me it was Radon Month? It's Radon Month. Uh, last week when we had Billy Morris set on, did he play a band that yes, was named Radon and their song called Radon? Yes, he did. We may have to share that again at some point in the not-too-distant future. Not that Radon is fun or funny. Leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers here in the U.S. Text Laurie, 612-701-2216, Great River Radon Mitigation. Now, before we go, as I mentioned, I don't really go very deep on Aerosmith. I will take... Oh, Bon Scott era ACDC, 10 times out of 10 over Aerosmith, especially when it comes to their 80s and 90s corporate garbage from Armageddon and love in an elevator. Don't get me wrong. I'm not being a prude. It's just like even the longest elevator ride, like in the tallest New York skyscraper, you got like 45 seconds, and I can't live with that kind of pressure. It's no. too much. No, dream that's... on. Give me the song Dream On. All so day we long. go back to the 70s, yeah, which yeah. we're about to do. Yes, this is an era where this was a dark, druggy, disturbing, dangerous band, which, again, is not everything. But the Rolling Stones, I mean, they were kind of doing the same thing, except maybe even a little darker and a little druggier, which, again, kids, as Sean mentioned earlier in the show, stay in school. Don't do drugs. That being said, should more bands like Aerosmith come around, maybe drop out of school and do a couple drugs. Not all of them. Drugs aren't for everyone, Sean. I can't say that, Brian. Oh, okay. Well, you can take that part out. <laughs> Just play it backwards. And then, when, <gasps> and then when the satanic kids play it backwards, they'll be able to tell that I'm delivering a dark message to them. Not helping. Shemham Fresh, Hail Satan. Anyway, the story <laughs> broke early this morning that Aerosmith drummer Joey Kramer, who, by the way, helped found the band in 1970, that's 50 years of drumming, 
with those two druggies, Steven Tyler and Joe Perry. I put up with you guys, and now you're giving me a hassle. Uh, he has sued his band because the brand new lawsuit. He says that according to doctors, he suffered minor injuries back in the spring of last year, but was ready to turn, return for the band's Vegas residency shows by fall. But instead of being welcomed back as expected, he says he was ex- uh, subjected to a brand new policy he was not aware of that he was going to have to audition to prove that he could play at an appropriate level. Now, this is a guy who, the reason he's objecting to this, well, there's a couple reasons. Uh, One is that he's like, uh, our band sat idle for years while the two main stars were in rehab, were recovering from broken bones from falling off a stage. Like, really? And now the band is fired back that the only reason he wants back in, Joey Kramer, is because they're about to do a big 50th anniversary tribute thing at the Grammys, and he wants his TV time. I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm i a big fan of, and I know this is going to sound cliche and sexist and stupid, but I can't think of a better metaphor off the top of my head. You dance with the girl you brought, right? Like, this is your found. He played with you for more than 40 years, almost 50 years. If it's the Grammys, if it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, let him play drums on one song. No one's going to care if it's exactly not perfect. Right. Like, yeah. do the right th- Loyalty. Am I right, Sean? You're damn right. Appreciate that. Uh, my thanks again to Kiss the Tiger. Go to kissthetiger.com to find out everything they're going to be up to in the near future. And here is the best song Aerosmith ever did. Thanks for listening.
Jersey. <laughs> <laughs>